This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. The information presented on Fix It 101 is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the host and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a licensed contractor for guidance about your home improvement or related questions. Join us each week for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We have an IT expert, a computer repair ace, and we troubleshoot your problems on the phones as well. Everyday Tech, Wednesdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Download the podcast now or listen on YouTube on the MPB Think Radio channel. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, home, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHE certified inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and licensed contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. And when it comes to home improvement and renovations, you do not have to be a licensed professional to complete some really cool DIY projects and fixes in your own home. There are a couple of basic skills that uh, will give you, you know, most amateurs, uh, the confidence to tackle projects around the home and hopefully save some bucks. Join the conversation with us this morning with your home improvement questions. Send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. How are you guys doing this morning? Pretty good. I'm trying to find a uh, dry pair of socks. A dry pair of socks? Because it's raining so much. Ah, and you're having I to was, get under I, houses. I was wondering where you were going with that. Yeah, no, whenever we're inspecting and, it, and it's raining... I think I'm molting because there's I'm, so much. <laughs> I'm trying to wake up because I had to take grandbabies to the school. To the school. At five. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. I, I, I want to start a petition right now. School needs to start for for all grandbabies. Somewhere around 9.15. Somewhere. <laughs> so, I like it. Somewhere around 9 o'clock. Yeah. Try getting a teenager up. Yeah. You got to school. But you notice, Jeff said it's strictly for the grandbabies now. <laughs> yes. I don't care about the rest of them. Right. <laughs> well, we had an interesting week, and I was mentioning right before we went on the air that I found so much stuff to talk about this week in the news, which is really weird. I don't, you know, I, of course, I look for DIY stuff all the time, you know, that comes through in the news. But actually, a couple of cool things came through that that I did want to to mention. I wanted to mention this. I saw it actually last week. Did you guys hear about the power tool uh, recall? Like, Oh, no. Please oh, yes. share. Yes. yes. Big power tool recall. And this was – now, uh, not all people have this sort of power tool, but it is uh, a big one. Okay. Massive uh, recall on two separate products. Okay. Now, think about this, Jeff. You may have one of these hanging around that your guys are working with. Okay. One of them is a DeWalt – 12-inch sliding compound miter saw. It's it's okay. very popular. Yeah, very right. popular. And uh, they sold 1.4 million of these units across the U.S. Nice. It's the 12-inch? Uh, yep. Because I've got one, but I don't think mine's a, it's a compound miter yeah. DeWalt, but well, I don't think mine's 12. Well, mm-hmm. do look, at, look up your model number because the model numbers are on here, so you can look up DeWalt Recall. Um... But do that because the thing that, you know, the Consumer Product Safety Commission is is they've had some accidents, nine to be exact, 
and they're not good accidents. Oh, boy. Yeah, they're missing a safety feature. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So, so So do uh, get online and, and, and see if you can find this. And I think you can probably go to DeWalt. Uh, but the Consumer Product Safety Commission, you can go to their website, CPSC, the Consumer Product, Product Safety Division, and see about this recall. Another one of the tools that were was in the recall um, outside of that was a Makita cordless hedge trimmer. Hmm. Makita cordless hedge trimmer. And it was recalled because it, again, has a, a, a flawed design so that um, there could be catastrophic injury. So uh, both, of those, both of those products you want to look at. If you've got a Makita uh, cordless hedge trimmer or a 12-inch uh, DeWalt Miter saw, compound miter saw. That that is something that you want to check on. Both of these things basically are failing safety tests, and people are getting hurt. So, right, and it, you bring up such a great point there. In um, and I, I tell my clients all the time: if you have a appliance or something that's in the home and there's a failure, look up the make and model and serial number and see if there's a recall on it. And I can't tell you how many um, people have gotten dishwashers replaced. And the thing that I've seen replaced a lot is these really high-end refrigerators on the gasket, on the doors, Mm -hmm. on the freezer side, Mm -hmm. wasn't sealing right. And there was this mysterious water coming into the middle Mm. of the floor. (laughs) And it was because there was a recall on that particular model. Oh, wow. That's great. One of the things we do as inspectors, and we're not the only company that does this, but when you get a home inspection, a lot of times the inspector will give you the make, model, and serial number on your appliances. Mm -hmm. We do that and put that in our report. And it's for recall information. And we actually have a software where you can go in and enter that information, mm-hmm. and then you will know on a yearly basis if a recall comes up. Okay. And okay. we had that and in— I thought, I thought, you know, and I've seen a lot of recalls in the past, but there's a lot of difference between a recall on a drill and a saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, me- meaning uh, if it's, say, like a, you know, a, a cordless uh, a screwdriver— well, there's only so many ways that can hurt you, but a saw, you know, oh, yeah. either right. of those things, either of those things, uh, the two things that I mentioned, the, the 12 inch miter saw and then the, uh, the hedge trimmer are bladed tools. Did it so. tell you in that article what they're doing about the recall? I mean, or do you contact DeWalt bringing, they, or Makita? Yeah. Or? And you can contact DeWalt and they are doing a, uh, they will, there's a piece that they need to put on that saw. For it to be safe, you know what I'm saying. So, so it's it's. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how they're doing that. I, I did read as far as I could, but I'm not exactly sure if they're doing trades or w- whatever. But it is worth contacting, um, contacting the yeah, consumer product. It, you know, it happens so quick. You know, and you can lose a digit. It happens, and oh, I've seen it. Sure. Well, and be folks do this too now. And you're talking to somebody who is super organized, but I don't throw the paperwork away on any of my tools. I have a file uh, that I keep and I put my manuals in that file and label what it is. Mm -hmm. So what I will do whenever I get back to my house today is I'm going to pull the file on my DeWalt miter saw. See what model it is. And take a look right. and see what's going on and then do the research instead of, and this is what's funny, because 
whenever we do home inspections, one of the things that we do is we open and close all the cabinet doors mm-hmm. and drawers, you know, and I can't tell you how many times the hinges are broken or a pull is sure. broken or whatever. Yeah. And we'll open it up and there will be a drawer cramped. <laughs> Full of the manuals. All the manuals. Oh, okay. <laughs> you, you know, here, here's... Here. Here's another thing. We can throw all those manuals away because we have them on the on, on, the, internet. on the internet. Yeah, you now. can look at so, it on yeah. the internet too, but much, you don't have much, your specific. Much, much um, but to find your model and serial number, yeah. Now true. you right. don't have that. If it's a new house, now this is how it works on a new house. When we purchase. Meaning the builder. Please tell me there's a barcode. <laughs> Please tell when me we, you can go and scan your house with a barcode. When we purchase the appliances, for instance, our um, um, store that we buy them from will register those appliances to that lot number and or address. Really? Yes. Automatic. So, huh. so when the when the homeowner calls, let's say you have Whirlpool appliances, right. uh, what's your lot number and address? Well, it's blah blah blah. Oh, okay, yes, we see your we see your appliance right here. Uh-huh. You've got model number, bam, bam, bam. And we do see that there's a recall or whatever. Whatever, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool, very cool. A um, couple of emails that came in, and some of them really wanted to know what we had going on last week. Okay, so. Uh, and and I did save this, Pam. You had mentioned, or uh, someone called and mentioned a formula on the air yeah. to house clean, uh, basically, you know, instead mm-hmm. of doing a house wash. That. So it says, could you possibly send me the formula for killing algae that was called in by a listener last week? He referenced a gentleman that worked on boats. I was driving, was not able to copy his formula. Enjoy listening to your show. Thank you for bringing quality radio to the state of Mississippi yeah. and, and neighboring states. Thank you, Eddie. Um, all right. We do have that. I think uh, uh, Pam found that formula online and yes. sent it to me. Yeah, I actually went home. I loved this uh, website that the caller called in. It was the Stingy Sailor. The Stingy Sailor, yeah. Yeah, the Stingy Sailor. And he's actually talking about, and I told Jeff, he really needs I to just, look this I thing up. I just pulled it up. This like guy Kobe is yeah. awesome, and yeah, he, like he is um, dealing with boats. But mm-hmm. this was a formula, and it's called Con. Concrobium. Yep, concrobium. It's a the knockoff formula, and mm-hmm. you can buy it. I actually went to a big box store and looked for it, and I couldn't find it. But I, maybe I wasn't looking in the right place. But here is the. You want to share the formula? Yeah, you sure. Got I got it right here. Uh, it's one quart of hot water, one tablespoon of baking soda or sodium bicarbonate, uh, two tablespoons of washing soda or sodium carbonate. Now, what would washing soda be? You can. I had to look that up, mm-hmm. but yeah, and you can get that at the big box stores. Okay, and it's just a powder of that, and it's a different formula because one of them sodium bicarbonate mm-hmm. and one sodium carbonate. Now, don't, right. I ain't not a scientist. I well, don't know. Yeah, one <laughs> tablespoon of baking soda, one tablespoon of washing, washing soda, soda, and then two tablespoons of TSP, uh, trisodium phosphate. And you can get that in the. Uh, cleaning section at the big box stores, and I keep that because. What would it say? It says TSP. Really? Yeah, and it's it's like an orangey pink color, uh-huh. and I keep it at the house because you can use it to clean wood, and it's it's really a formula that you would use when you want to clean something off really really good to get all the particles and uh-huh. the dust, and if before you paint. 
Okay. Okay. So here, one more time. One quart of hot water, one tablespoon of baking soda, two tablespoons of washing soda, and two tablespoons of TSP. And what I loved about this article is it talked about, and I, I just love that our callers educate me. <laughs> they, yeah. keep, they keep me straight. So the, what I loved, what was on this um, on this site, is that he does a great job of explaining why you don't want to use Clorox to clean mold and mildew. Interesting. Yeah, and I mean, because we've all thought, well, right. and, and what it is, is we're a society that loves instant gratification. Right. So if you use, if you put some Clorox on a, a cloth mm-hmm. and you wipe it over an area that might have mold or mildew, mm-hmm. it instantly disappears. Right. But then what it does, and this guy does a great job of describing this, it creates, it then creates a pH that is now susceptible for mold and mildew mm-hmm. growth. Right, right. right. So, so once, it, once you it, do it, it actually helps it. Yes. Yeah. You yeah. think you've killed it, but right. what you've done is just clean the surface and created uh, an a more area, perfect surface a for more algae. perfect right. area gotcha. uh, where it's going to flourish right. versus this type of a product that this conchrobian stuff is yeah. supposed to be better. That's cool. All right, let's go to the phones real quick. John's on the line and Madison's got a gutter question. What's on? Uh, what's going on, John? Uh, yeah, we've got, we had a gutter pulled down, and we've had a quote to replace part of it. And uh, uh, we decided that uh, maybe we want to do something with the with the gutters that are still up. They're starting to look kind of funky. Mm-hmm. And and one one bidder said, "Well, uh, they don't need replacing; they're in good shape. You should go ahead and paint them mm-hmm. uh, to make them look good." And and another one said, "Well, it's just not going to look right. Eventually." Uh, you ought to just go ahead and replace the gutters. So I was wondering what y'all's opinion uh, was about painting versus replace, replacing the gutters. Before the pros go, I'm just going to tell you, the guy that wanted to replace your gutters doesn't paint gutters. That's why he didn't give you the option. <laughs> y'all go ahead. That's, that's exactly what he said. Yeah. yeah, I'm actually researching this myself. I know Jeff, uh, Jeff actually was the one who encouraged me to look at painting. Uh-huh. There is a uh, YouTube channel with, with a gutter guy and he's up up north in the northeast or something what you have to do in order for the gutters to not peel Mm -hmm. is that you've got to power wash them and then you've got to put a bonding agent interesting and you can either use that in the paint itself in Mm -hmm. the primer but if you don't use a bonding agent they're just going to peel well i believe the paint that is on them is like a powder coat Am I right there? Probably. Probably. Now, now John, are your gutters six-inch K style? <laughs> uh, you know, they're gutters. They, are they, they hold the rain. Are they, are they big or small? They're, they're pretty good size. Okay. 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 Yeah, I, th- I think if I've got a six-inch K style. Um, what does K style mean? Well, that's just the profile. So, Or you have half round. So, okay. um, I, I think if, if I have a good six inch gutter, um, and they are still have some life in them, meaning they're not leaking from every single joint, <laughs> uh, I, I would, I would try to rehab them. Um, you know, gutters just like everything else is, is going up, going up real, uh, uh quickly. In fact, um, on our starter homes, we've been paying about uh, sixteen, seventeen hundred dollars to get gutters on. Mm-hmm. I got a quote uh, yesterday 
uh, twenty six, almost twenty seven hundred dollars. An extra grand. Yeah. So if if you can rehab them, that's 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 what I'm going with. Well, if you rehab them, will will they stay good for the maybe the length? Uh, you know, as long as a new gutter would, because they might. Yeah, how long are you staying in the house? Yeah, I mean, you know, th- this is what gets this is what gets our gutters. Either a tree falls on it, uh, or we leave them full of leaves and debris, and then they back up. And then, because at every joint there's a sealant, uh, so you can reseal those joints if you need to. Uh, but just just make sure they're clean and paint them. I, I think you'll be in good shape. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate that uh, that advice. Thanks a lot. Yes, yes sir. sir. Thanks, John. We appreciate it. You can join the conversation this morning. Send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Okay, Mikey's on the line in Mobile. And, Mikey, you're a regular, so what, what are you telling us about today? Today I'm telling you about something that has saved me um, a bit. Okay, go for um, it. To, I, cedar shingles, painted cedar, cedar shingles, um, pine trees, oak trees, bloom. I've noticed that the bloom is what really, really causes that algae stuff on them. Now, like you said, you know, it's like I had a guy come over and he, he decided he's going to pressure wash some. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Take your siding I, with I, it. <laughs> you think? I didn't want his name on my house. Um, right. uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's a good way to put uh, it. Uh, I have, uh, I'm looking at the, the, the it's a one-gallon jug that white vinegar came in. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at the formula because here's the second, well, maybe the most important tip. Take a piece of painter's tape, tape it over the label, make your label first, okay. tape it over the thing that says a gallon of vinegar, one cup of Epsom salt, and a dash of any kind of dish detergent. I use the stronger one because I got oak trees and pine trees and, uh-huh. you know, all kinds of stuff. Then you put it in a, a spray bottle and spray it on. And really? like I said, it's lasted for as long as two years, which is good because I had other complications. Right. Well, f- fantastic. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mikey. That's a, that's good, that formula. We'll put that one out there, too. Yeah, and I because I've used that vinegar formula before, mm-hmm. but my my new expert on the Stingy Sailor, <laughs> right. he said that's a food product, and mold and mildew loves a food product. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, find, I think I told you guys last week, I read the... the f- read some instructions on my on my uh countertop which i've got i've got uh granite countertops and it's like do not clean this with vinegar do not clean mm. granite with vinegar and i just i never knew that so yeah you got to check what your application is right. on it so and you know there are as many opinions as there are people yep. yes uh homer's <laughs> on the line and uh well homer's on the line what's going on homer where are you calling from man Calling from Lion, L-Y-O-N. It's Lion. Right Clarksdale. Okay, there yeah. you go. And uh, what do you got going on this morning? Well, uh, concrete. Um, I love it. Th- Jeff's already yeah, in. I uh, poured some yesterday. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, Jeff, I poured some, and, well, I had somebody to come in and pour some, but he was more of a friendly guy than a concrete guy, and I think he needs some money. And I, Uh-oh. of course, oh, no. the lower bid, and, hey, uh, I'm, I'm looking at that lower bid every day. But anyway, mm. you, <laughs> mm. I mean, it, it's one of those horrors. Uh, oh, yeah. No, I know, I know exactly where you're going. Sorry about that. I will, th- I will throw the lowest bid out every time. 
I, I just I, I tell people all the time, I'm in business, I tell them all the time, whoever you get to do the work, look at their work and make sure they know what they're doing. Homer, don't, I, I don't say it all the time. Where where did you pour concrete yesterday? I want to go look at it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not concerned with anything else. It's in Lion. <laughs> right. No, no, I mean, I'm oh, making yeah. a statement. So, okay, I'm sorry. We're, we're going down rabbit hole. That's right. <laughs> but anyway... Uh, I wanted to ask, can, and this might be a wild question, but can you pour concrete over top of concrete? Um, and I know it probably depends. The short answer is is yes. Now, um, should you? Sometimes probably not. Now, let me, let me tell you what I mean by that. We, we have gone into garages and, and we have built – uh, rooms there and then built another garage. And, you know, as you know, your, your garage is poured on a slope. So, uh, if there's no cracks in it, we would go in, we'd drill several holes. We would put rebar in it and then we would, we would, you know, uh, put a bonding agent down and then we'd pour our new concrete on top of our old. Um, I've done it a few times. What I prefer, like if it's a patio, I'm probably not going to cap it. Because if it is cracked, when I put the new concrete on top of it, the new concrete is going to crack in the same spot. So all I'm doing is compounding my problem. So if it's already cracked, busted out, it cracked because of the subsurface under the concrete. The concrete doesn't crack all on its own and fail. It's the substrate that's under that concrete failed. Does, does that make sense? Reinforcement. Well, reinforcement has a lot to do with it too, but your soil conditions and your pad that you're pouring it on mm-hmm. also has a lot to do with how successful that concrete's going to pour out. Well, okay. Well, I, I appreciate it. You know, I told you I rented that jackhammer. It's been probably <laughs> 10 years ago. And jackhammer, bad back, news. Don't rent this to me again. They're well, right. Do you have right. a like 19 year old nephew or something you yeah. can borrow for the day? <laughs> I like I like that. Do not rent this jackhammer to me again. I right. got yes. a new respect. I got a new respect for a guy running a jackhammer. Yeah. Right. Tell him it yeah. will wear you. I, I got out. a new respect for the soccer moms going to carpool. Uh-huh. Right. Yes. Right. Right. That and a floor sander that'll right. wear you yeah. out too. <laughs> All right, Homer, thanks a lot. I hope that helps out, and uh, I hope you can do something with that now that you may have already decided. <laughs> All right, uh, I did want to talk about one more email that we that we got. Hi, what's the best way for a homeowner to clean the outside AC unit? Now, we've had uh, Timmy on the uh, – uh, uh, Timmy McClendon from AC Remedies, who comes on the show fairly often. Uh, he has said never push more – uh, force than what your thumb will do on a uh, on a water hose. I agree with that. Through those mm-hmm. fins, yeah. Because yeah. if you push more for- force through there, it will bend the fins, and then it will they work are properly. very fragile. Now they there there's a tool. It's called a fin comb. Uh huh. That you have to take the cage off, and it exposes the the fins, and you can start at the point that's not bent and run the comb, you know, up or down. No, that sounds so cool. Those those comb uh, straighten those fins. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I got to do that now. Well, we That's see cool. them, you know, when I'm inspecting. The, 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 okay, here's the damage that will happen to that outside unit. There's the weed eater. Yep. Uh-huh. There's which, the which dog. Which gets, gets your, uh, gets your yeah. thermostat uh, line every time. Oh, yeah. 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 And then it'll they'll weed eat around and, and just mess those fins up. Then that's you've right. got the dog that's marking. Right. Yep. And it'll rust out the bottom. Um, and then you've got a power washer. Mm. <laughs> right. A power washer. Power washer is oh. bad news. That, that, oh, if man. you want to ruin your AC unit. Go after it with a power with washer. With a power outside. washer, yeah. yeah. Or at just, least bend the the fins. Right. Yeah. Those, I, I'm just not sure, and I, I, I'm sure there are going to be people that, this is my opinion, but AC servicing mm-hmm. is really not a DIY. Oh, of course well, not. Look, look, no. look. Okay, no. yes. But say like on the Saturday, I mowed my grass, kicked up some grass into the uh, into uh, the air okay. conditioner. I just want to get it out of there. Well, so let me I tell you what the solution to that and, is. What? I, and, and I had Don't an tell AC, me to change my, my grass growing. No, an okay. AC person told me this years ago, and I've just started doing this, and it, every time they come to service my unit, they go, you got the cleanest unit. But I, I literally, it only takes me back in the area where I'm cutting around my condenser, uh-huh. maybe five minutes. I just turn my unit off while I'm cutting the grass. Right. <laughs> oh, man, well, see, you got like the the proper way to really wash those coils out is from the inside anyway, right? So that 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 requires taking the cage, taking off it off, and, and putting your hose on the inside, which I don't recommend anyone doing this because there's uh, there's electricity there's in there. Electricity, it's hot. You touch it, you, you may end up mer- burn in, in the emergency room. Mm-hmm. And you guys yeah. are a total so, buzzkill. I'm going to tell this person. What a downer. You can, you can get your garden hose. <laughs> and, and you can. And that's you right. can. You can sure. squirt the garden hose in there to knock some of the big stuff to, off. To clean that's it right. off. Yes. Not a big deal. Yes, not so, a big deal. Uh, <laughs> but if you want to do it really big you know, time, do what? Do what well, get uh, a service contract. Said. That's right. Just it, get a service contract. It doesn't hurt to you know, have it serviced once a year. I'm um, a big advocate of yeah, just get I mean, it serviced. I, I think you can get that done for $100. It's so ish. much cheaper. And if you're on somebody's service contract, then when you got a 911, you're at the top of the list. That's true. If you don't have a service contract and you got a 911 on your unit, they'll get to you when they can. That's right. So you sound like the guy that sold me a home warranty one time. <laughs> All right. (laughs) So uh, on the phone, it was a gentleman called, and he asked, wait a second, I have concrete, and I'd like to raise it up some, but I don't have any cracks. Is that cool? Can you do that? Yeah, as long as we can get it thick enough um, that it's not going to crack. So it needs to be. How thick would that be? I like four inches. Okay. Three minimum. Mm -hmm. Okay. So. Yeah, you get it too thin, it's just going to start flaking. That's right. And again, there's got to be a bonding agent. Mm-hmm. It's a process to do this. Do not just go get concrete and pour it right on top. There, there right. is a process to this. Now, when they sent the email, they were saying no cracks but need to add a height right. due to rain sitting on top. Does that change anything? Yeah. They What, what I'm hearing is positive, um, uh, positive grade going back to the house. So, and, and I see it all the time. There's, you know, man, there's been a lot of water sitting in that corner because I can see the evidence of it. So when the slab was poured or the patio, unfortunately, they had the positive drainage towards the house instead of away from the house. 
Okay. But that, but again, I don't think that's a homeowner. I don't think that's a, a, a do-it-yourself. I think you need to get a qualified uh, contractor uh, to come look at that. Okay. And you have to look at where your water's coming from because what I've seen is a lot of times people, it'll have a great slope to it, and then we landscape all around it and create True. a pool. That's right. <laughs> right, right. That's, that's right. And I, don't, I mean. And, I, and again, yeah. remember, remember the rule of thumb, 10 feet out from your house, you need six inches of fall. Yeah, right. but my flowers so. need three inches of dirt. Now, I mean, right, you right. Know, so you create this issue. I, right. I, don't want, I don't want six inches of fall on my patio. No. I want uh-uh. six inches of fall around. I don't want it on my flat work. Right. Co- uh, concrete patios, sidewalks, and driveways is called flat work. I want it on the grade around the house. Okay. The grass, the flower beds. Just make sure. Water's the biggest enemy of a house. That's right. So if you've got it sitting next to your house, you really need to begin to investigate. And people do things like they add awnings so that right. it's the water's going away. Gutters. There's there's a lot of things we can do. Yeah. All right. We've got a great question on the line. And is it Wakas? Uh, are you with us in Mobile? Uh, yes, my name is Vakas. I'm a new oh, homeowner. Um, hello, can you hear me? Yeah, oh, yeah, go for it. Yeah, so uh, I'm a new homeowner. After one year, the warranty expires on the appliances and stuff. So I I got tricked into getting uh, home insurance on the appliances and yeah. whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, uh, as the gentleman mentioned, and that's why I called. Uh, my question is, are they worth it? Are they, like, how do they work? Like, are they worth it to have them? Boy, you uh, you just asked a big <laughs> question. And and, <laughs> and, and, and and let me say that you're probably going to hear three separate things on this show because I think everybody's got a different opinion about warranties. I was, I was speaking to Pam in between the break, and now I remember what I was going to tell you, Pam. It was about home warranties, total home warranties warranties and people's perception of that and we we had an entire show on just home warranties one time and that was a big old mess because a lot of people had some real real solid opinions about what they felt about that it all goes back to personal experience with those but i will say um just out of curiosity what sort of appliances are they um you know um so we have a uh uh, like a microwave range. And, I mean, what what brands? Well, how old is the house? Uh, that's he, he what said, I want to know. It was a year. One year old. And yeah. then also has a septic tank, too. So they, I added for five bucks uh, extra and got the septic tank uh, um, warranty. The, the appliances are probably still under manufacturer's warranty. Yeah, manufacturer warranty on appliances is usually five it's, to seven that's years. That's right. The builder has a one-year one year. warranty on the envelope, meaning your entire house has a one-year builder warranty and a six-year foundation warranty mandated by the state of Mississippi. Well, he's down in, he's in Mobile. It doesn't, so right. it doesn't matter. Oh, 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 oh Alabama. Yeah, I, yeah. Oh. so I don't well, know I don't what know what the, I don't know what the, but the, there is a home warranty act in, in Alabama. Yeah. Um, well, so. I tell my clients, because I get this question all the time on home warranties. Um, if a home warranty will be beneficial to you after the manufacturer warranty it goes out mm-hmm. if you are not a very disciplined person. <laughs> well, and this is what I mean. Yeah. Why not take the money that you're going to put on a home warranty if you're mm-hmm. going to pay on a monthly basis and put it in a money market? 
Now you've got money accumulating just for home repairs. Yes, yeah. I started doing this 15 years ago. So now I don't have to panic when the washing machine goes out. Right. Or when, and I can just go pay cash for something because I've been taking the money that I was putting, and I'm basically self-insuring. Right. Now, if you are a new homeowner and you've just bought a house that's 40 years old with 15-year-old appliances and you don't have a lot of savings, Mm -hmm. then that home warranty might be a good idea for you. The way they work is that you're going to have to pay. I think now the the upfront deductible that you have to pay is $85 for them to come out and even look at it. Mm -hmm. Now, home warranty people... And I'm just going to go ahead and apologize up front. Right, right. <laughs> Uh-oh. Here we go. Here you go. They're going to put it together with bailing wire because they haven't got, uh, yeah. they, they're not going to be paid enough on a replacement. So if you have an old, let's say an old air conditioning system, they're going to patch it and patch it and patch it and patch it until they can't patch it anymore. And then they'll replace it. And all you get on replacement is exactly what you have. So you don't get an upgrade. You don't get anything better. You just get what you had. Well, this is where, to be honest, I left them at the door. Years ago, uh, I bought my very first home. Okay? So I had this home, and, and I knew nothing about home repair at all. So I bought the home warranty. Well, we bought this home in, like, April. August, middle of August, just like now, Air goes out. It's always in August and September. Friday, <laughs> on a Friday at 501. That's right. You know, that's right. Um, and I called the home warranty company. Yeah. And they're like, absolutely. We'll have somebody out there Monday. That's right. Like my wife is pregnant. It's 104 degrees outside. I get, yeah. I'm like, that Monday's no good for me. Right. Um, you know, and that was where I, that was where I was like, okay, no, apparently, you know, because you can call an, uh, an AC person and say, hey, I need you out here now. I know I'm going to pay a little bit more for you coming in another a different time. Mm-hmm. However, that may be worth it if I have to wait 48 hours and 104 degrees. Mm-hmm. So it's been the weekend. At you a know, hotel. <laughs> we, we, we hear those stories all the time. Mm-hmm. So there there's weight. In fact, my my brother, um, his air went out mm-hmm. and uh, lives in South Haven. And uh, I, I want to say it was four or six weeks before the home warranty company came to fix the air. Fortunately, oh, no. fortunately, he had a, had a, a two units in his house so he could live upstairs or downstairs. I, I don't know which unit went out. Uh-huh. So, you know, it wasn't, you know, I've got to move out of my home. But the fact of the matter is, if he would have called a heat and air company, they they would have had someone out there that day or the right, next day. Right. Right. But the home warranty company is not going to pay for the extra fee of the weekend. You know, I, I hate to say that, but again, I hear so many stories. Right. Now what what I like on home warranties and, mm-hmm. and I do this on every new house that we sell. Mm-hmm. We buy a lot of people know it as a two ten, mm-hmm. uh, a two year extended warranty on the envelope, and ten years on the foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not called two ten. There is a, an, another company doing <laughs> it, and um, that that's what we purchase as a company, and right. we give it to our new homeowner. Um, right. Uh, depending on size of the house, it can run us anywhere from eight or nine hundred to two thousand. Right. Um, but it gives that homeowner instead of the six years. Mm-hmm. It gives that homeowner 
10 years. Right. And it gives the builder uh, someone else to hold hands with. Right. As as if and something messes up. That's right. You've then, got a partner. And I, I, that's what I was going to say. And this is going to I'm, I'm going to just go ahead and jump into this little controversial topic. Yeah, yeah go for it. <laughs> Let me just stir it up a little bit. Warranties were created so realtors wouldn't have to deal with issues after the house was sold. Huh. So if a if a realtor sells a house and that client moves in and the air conditioning goes out two weeks later and the client calls the realtor, the realtor says, call your home warranty. Right. 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 That's why they were created. And so and, and Jeff's to Jeff's point, it's. It's not a bad creation, but and I, and this is what I tell my clients: You just moved in this house. You're going to have a home warranty. Mm-hmm. Now, as home inspectors, I had this happen recently. We do. Um, I did the home inspection. The air conditioner was putting out 52 degrees. I mean, it was awesome. Nice. The client moves in six weeks later. The right. air goes out, and yeah, I get a course. phone call, and I'm like, "Well, when we were there, it was 52 degrees. Right. Right. <laughs> I'm not sure what happened between you know in the two months since we were right. there." So, and I asked, did you get a home warranty from the seller? And Mm -hmm. she said, yes. And I said, well, then you need to talk to them about getting somebody out there. It's probably the refrigerant is leaked out. That's usually what happens on that type of situation. But what I'll say to my clients is that keep that warranty for the first year, and then you make an educated decision at the end of that year about Mm -hmm. how you want to proceed after that. The seller usually provides that warranty for you so right. that they don't get a phone call. Well, my air conditioner went out, and you knew it was bad. Right, and, right, you know, right, then it just right. all this stuff. But it, I think it serves a purpose for a year, and it's, then you make a, a decision a, after yeah, it's that. It's a very reasonable insurance policy. Yes. We, we do it on every single house without question. And um, because, let's face it, if the builder goes away, mm-hmm. so does your warranty. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, so. um, to to finish this one off, he was asking initially about appliance warranties and are they warrant, uh, worth it? And the answer to that is really tricky. Yes, it is. When we've had our appliance person here, um, uh, one recommendation we've had was buy one of the simplest machines you can buy and then buy a whole bunch of warranty on it. Yeah. That was one of the thoughts. Another thought, some folks like buying uh, the what is considered biggest, baddest, you know, yep. the, the the one that costs the most money and has the best name on the front. By the way, we've heard about that name, and it's not always what you think. Um, <laughs> yeah, do your research. What we love about today's um, society is that if I want to know something, if it's worth getting a warranty on it, all I got to do is get on my get on the Internet. And, That's right. And research it. Like I love having a warranty on my phone, and I've had I've had to use that because I I walk on house I walk on roofs for a living. So I drop my phone off the roof and break my phone. Well, I got a brand new one in the mail the next day. Right. So to me, that's worth it. Now, did I buy a warranty on my dishwasher? Well, I did Probably some research not. on that dishwasher, and it's got a great review on it. Manufacturer warranties for seven years. Yeah. So why would I want an extended no, warranty that's right. on it? Right. That's right. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Just okay. a sales pitch. And when I'm checking out, would you like the extended warranty for $24? No, no thank no. you. Yeah. Nope. 
But I got one. I just bought a Kindle because I love to read. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I got my and I'm going to the book festival this weekend. I'm Mm -hmm. all excited about we volunteer (laughs) down there. So I'm all excited about that. Well, when I ordered it, dude, I want the extended warranty on it. Right. Absolutely. If you're around me, you know how much I drop things. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Is it warranted against dropping? (laughs) Yes. Nice. Yeah, Yeah, anything. Yeah. Breaks the screen or but I get the screen. But anyway, I do all that stuff. So. The answer on warranties is that sometimes, yeah, it's a really good idea, and sometimes it's just a sales pitch. That's true, right? Um, and 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 understand that they do get a uh, they do get a stipend for selling the warranty. Oh yeah. So uh, just keep that in mind. It, it's incentivized for them to sell a warranty. We had mentioned on the show a couple of weeks ago. You know, we we end, a lot of folks ask us about air conditioning because, well, it's a thousand yeah, degrees. It's one hundred and ten. So, yeah, right. So uh, someone called and asked us a few weeks about, uh, ago about a mini split, which we explained is a type of air conditioner where there is a, a, a small kind of fan-like unit that's on the inside of your home. Uh, and then there is a larger unit powering it on the outside of the home. It, it's kind of a way to do it, – it, it's a very elegant window unit. Is basically what it ends up being. Um, very nice, attractive, that kind of thing. But when someone called, we suggested very much you do not do your own install. We suggested yeah, that. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that is. And, you know, it's it's like pulling your own tooth. Well, and <laughs> you I shouldn't do that either. <laughs> right. Ouch. Okay, that's a great example. I did come across. I was telling you, I was reading all kinds of articles this week, and I came across, and I'm going to have to go ahead and say the name brand. Uh, it's the new Mr. Cool DIY. Uh, it's a mini split. Okay. And it's designed for the average homeowner to install. What they've done is they've they've taken the um, they've taken the connectors that one would normally yeah. use and made them dummy connectors. I Just got you. Click, I got you. You know they're done. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they they've literally. Put it on here. How to you know how to install who, your mini split? Who, who's who, who's going to charge it? Yeah, who charges this? See, I, it doesn't say. Who's going to put the refrigerant who, in it? Who, who's going to charge it? Because you have to have license to buy the refrigerant. Mm-hmm. And if you let that refrigerant out into the atmosphere, uh, there's healthy uh, fines for that. Right. Um, it 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 has to be wired by by an electrician. Now, all of us can go hang the unit. That's right. simple. But do do not misunderstand what a mini split is. A mini split is the same thing as any air conditioner we have in our homes right now. You right. have a you have a coil and you have a condensing unit mm-hmm. and you have refrigerant lines and you have power. Mm-hmm. So and usually they call them a ductless mm-hmm. mini split because yeah, right. there's no so, duct work. So anyway, right. Jason, so it goes on to read the uh, and just you know in in uh, it's just this new product that they that they uh, that they're saying is of course a a a person can install. Look at this, Jeff. I'm uh, what I'm showing is that is that they make these they've made these connectors. That will make it easy for uh, anybody. Yeah, to it's, it's a yeah. And I, then they connect it to your phone through an app so that you can control well, it. And and so so there's. I will say for know, those who heard what we said, there possibly might be another option out there. I'm not ready to endorse it, but it's out there. Well, you know, now that I'm looking at this, I bet the refrigerant is already in that unit. And really, it, yeah, it is, isn't it? 
Yeah. And I want to go ahead, and since since you brought this up, I wanted Mm -hmm. to mention this. We talked a couple of weeks ago. There was a caller that came in and talked about wanting to install a a tankless water heater. Mm -hmm. And we were like, absolutely not. And I stand corrected because um, there is a unit. Now, it's electric, Mm -hmm. so you're not dealing with gas. Well, so so you're not dealing with venting it. Right. Mm -hmm. And, Um, yes. And, you know, there there is actually a very efficient gas tankless heater that you do not duck out of the of the house. You you know the one I'm talking about? Yes. It it uses its its exhaust as its All right, go ahead and give me that brand. Uh, combustible material, right? I is think it, so. I'm not I know EcoSmart is okay. the electric one. I'm pretty I'm not sure. sure what the gas one is, but there are some units I think, out there. I I'm almost positive there is. It's a it's probably a Renai. There we we use a bunch of them. Right. Uh, they they are expensive. Uh, but they are very efficient. And the Echo Smart was not that expensive. Now, how expensive is it to run it is a totally different thing. Right. But, you know, to your point, I think it's just awesome that we're coming up with products that the consumer really can. Oh, yeah, absolutely. DIY put it in. Now, the jury is out on how long it's going to last. Right. But <laughs> I can say this. You know, we've had a lot of calls on this show that say, hey, I live in East whatever. And I've been trying to call contractors for 30 years to come out and yeah, come do something. In a this rural may be a area. It might be a solution. Be a thing. Well, even in the non-rural areas, it's. I'm telling you what, we're, we're living in a different time right now. That's right. It is very difficult to get anybody, anybody to do anything. To do, yeah, true that. All right, folks. So. Fix It 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded by the generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show was engineered by Mr. Java Chapman. Our call screener today was Charles Arnold. For Pam Pipus, Jeff Sammons, I'm Jason Klein. Join us next Wednesday at 9 for Fix It 101, only on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. 